with On the Dock with Pastor Troy here. Conversations to propel your faith out of the shallows and into the deep. That's our credo here at On the Dock. Thanks for joining us today. And we are ready to get you involved. We want you to join us at many of our partners. Our platforms are YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Facebook, Roku, Rumble, and SermonNet. And you can join us through our chat partners, social media, Facebook, Twitter, Telegram, and Instagram. We'd love to have you in dialogue with us and find out what's going on and communicate with us. Tell us how things are going. When you get to our social platforms, whether it be YouTube or Facebook or whatever, please go there and subscribe. Hit subscribe, hit the notification, and it'll let you know when we're putting up casts. We put podcasts up on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Hit the notification bell for whatever system you're using. It'll let you know those things. And make sure you share it and hit a comment. Let us know what you're liking about it and pass it on to other people. Finally, you can find us and become a partner of On The Dock at Patreon. Be a Patreon partner at On The Dock and be a partner or sponsor with us. You can check that out. And if you don't know how to get to any of this stuff, go to onthedock.org. There's directions and paths to get to all of our platforms as well as to our Patreon site. And you can always email us at info at onthedoc.org. We're here talking today in our part three on pastoring in 2020 and beyond series. And we're excited about it. Spiritual needs and issues of the COVID post COVID church. So we're going to take a look at these issues of the church post COVID, what it's done, how it's shaped us, what's different about us. I've got Reverend Shane Bishop here. He's a pastor at Christ Methodist Church. We're continuing in a series that will be going on over four parts, and we're going to be getting into that today. Shane's with us from Christ Church, and his dad here is my co-host today, Reverend Fred Bishop, right here. And these two are father and son. Uh, one's my spiritual elder brother, and one's my spiritual father. So we have a great family of God here gathered here. Thank you guys for coming into the studio and sacrificing your day. All good. Amen. We're going to get on the dock and get started here real quick here because we've been in a dialogue. We want to keep this thing going on. Shane comes to us from Christ Church, you know. Uh, you can go back and listen to podcast one and two. Uh, he's a pastor of Christ Church, currently a church with uh, one church, four locations, great network of churches. You can check those out right here on the screen right now. You can check out any of those campuses. Go to mychristchurch.com. Check them all out. They are an incredible church. You find one. If you're in that metro east area, go find them. And if you're not able to get there, check them out at mychristchurch.com. They virtual cast stuff. You can see his stuff. It's incredible. We'll tell you more about how to get to his blog and other stuff here in just a minute. So let's talk about uh, a little bit about Christchurch for just a minute. Christchurch is one church located in the Illinois side of St. Louis Metro East. You've got four campuses, Fairview Heights, Collinsville, Maryville, Scott Campus, and Millstadt. You've done all these things. And, and since arriving there, your church has gone from 97, uh, in 1997 from a couple hundred people, and you're up in the thousands, two, three thousand people now. Uh, what's that been like to see your church's catapult over the last 24 years or so from a, from a, from a, what would have been kind of a medium-sized church to the largest church kind of in, in our region of that nature? Well, I, I don't think you grow a church. Only God can grow a church. Amen. But you do grow with a church. So I think I've had the privilege of growing with Christ Church over the past 24 years. And and in a sense, there's a piece of me that, that thinks I just walked into something God wanted to do. And, uh, and I, I'm grateful for the opportunity I've had to be there. And uh, I look forward to the next decade moving it forward. I see a lot of things have been the same about you uh, throughout this. I mean, I mean, you're the same Shane I've always known, but at the same time, I've had I've seen you kind of reinvent things a lot of times. So, how many times have you had to kind of reinvent your model in in these 24 years? Well, I think you're constantly uh, reinventing. I, I know one of the things I learned early, just watching other genres. Rod Stewart would be a great example. Rod Stewart came up an English rocker as a kid. 
Then he kind of becomes a disco star. And then he becomes a rock and roll star. And then he becomes a crooner in his old age. And I just looked at one guy who reinvented not not his voice or himself, but reinvented that whole thing around him. So for me to stay current, to stay up with things is a matter of reinvention, but it's not reinventing your core values. It's not reinventing your theology. It's reinventing your methodology. It's reinventing your look. It's continuing to morph while you hold on to core values. That's really good. That's really good. Uh, you, you, you shared in the last episode, go watch episode two, if you will, guys, on Core Pastoral Truths to Lead By. Uh, I asked Shane about, they have a very unique standard at their church. It's called worship plus two and a tithe. Can you just give us one more time, just a summary of what that means and how that's in the ethos of your, your church family? Yeah, if you're going to be a member of Christ Church, you certainly don't have to be. Your members should be your most uh, committed people. In my mind, inactive member is an oxymoron. I believe it. So for me, that's your most committed people. So if you're going to be a member of Christ Church, we want you in worship every week, at least once. And how you access that, there's a lot of options in that. Uh, Live, online, all this. But we want you in church. Uh, Number two, we want you in a small group or a place that's pouring into you. Number three, we want you in an ongoing ministry, a place that you are giving and number four, we want you tithing, which is financially supporting the church. So for me, you know, if you think about it, Troy, if somebody exercises all the time, but they don't eat, they get one set of problems. Mm-hmm. If they eat all the time and don't exercise, they get a different set of problems. For me, getting the word in you is eating. That's good. And we want to eat clean and we want it to taste good. But serving is exercise. So our membership standard is a balance between worship and being in small group and Bible study where you pour in and giving and then giving of yourself, which is where you get that exercise. It's our vision for a healthy, mature Christian. That's really good. So you got the worship, you want them in a service, pick the service. They got lots of opportunities for campuses, lots of times. At least one a week. And then you want them to get in some sort of enriching group, some something to structure discipleship. You want them to find an outreach to give out so they're putting out some energy. And then you want them to tithe. So basically you're basically you're coming to eat. You're gonna you're gonna you're gonna get enriched in the process conversation with somebody. You're gonna give back some service and then you're gonna pay the bill so that others can come and have that same experience the kingdom of God can be built. Uh, like that so it's exactly kind of, it's a full it's a full deal i love that now listen i want to get, go a little deeper here in this episode we're going to look and at spiritual needs and issues of the church post covid and 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 fred you feel free to jump in here anytime but what what have you seen pre and post covid now that we're kind of on the back side of that what what's the same i'm going to ask the easy question first what's the same i'm going to come back and ask you in a second what's completely new and then i'm going to ask you where are these hybrid morphs we got a lot of morph stuff too so start with, me with the things that you think are the exact same nothing it's not changed I, I don't think worship services have changed a whole lot in, in terms of what we do i don't think that uh bible study has changed at all i don't think the gospel message has changed i don't think the bible has changed. I don't think that uh, our overall vision of fulfilling the Great Commission by the power of the Holy Spirit has changed. So those are things that I think are exactly 
the same, or at least very much the same in terms of worship service and Bible study. If you if you take now to the contrast of that, and we'll get to the hybrids in a minute, what what do you see now that's kind of new, stuff you would have never thought would be part of the church or we would thrive off of now or be different? I don't know how much the pandemic changed things. I see it more as it accelerated things. So changes that were already happening. Let's just take a fundamental shift in our culture, kids' sports. I know you've got a granddaughter, Troy, who's on a traveling team. I have a grandson who who travels all over the Midwest and the South playing basketball. But that is a diametric shift that has happened in the last five to ten years where a lot of our young families are simply gone almost every weekend for the entire summer. That was already on us. So some things were coming. It's just they're really here now. So what's changed? The fact that people do not come to church every single week has yeah. changed. Major. The fact that the baby boomers, who were in a lot of ways our best volunteers, our best givers, our best attenders and supporters, are now aging a lot of them have moved away from our churches. Some of them are deceased. Some of them, one or the other partner has died, and it was the one who died who was the one that was more active in church. So that's changing. And the children and grandchildren of baby boomers don't attend, give, or volunteer nearly as much as their parents did. The country has changed. I mean, we are in a highly politically polarized country and the way that plays out in every conceivable way. So I don't know that COVID changed things. I think it significantly accelerated things already in flux. And all of a sudden we wake up one day like Rip Van Winkle and it's 10 years from now. But think about it, Troy, how long ago has it been since since COVID has been here, right? We were in Israel in January. COVID really hits in February of 2020. That Israel trip, in my mind, seems like 10 years ago. It's almost like we have been in a wormhole. I told people uh, in Church Sunday that there's something happening in the space-time time continuum. Absolutely. And, And we're seeing that, and and those of us that came into it with heads up and ready, we're able to, to get through it. It's almost like in watch, watching the old, um, uh, what was the ones that they used? Stargate. We can jump in and go through and have and have some life. Those that just kind of denied it, denied its existence are just almost irrelevant right now. So you just have to realize, I, I agree with that. It just seems like it's been forever we've been in this oh, model. Yeah. And I think in some ways the pandemic, I love what you've said because I haven't heard anybody explain that the COVID is an acceleration. We'll talk about that a little bit more in a minute in the roundtable, but that it's accelerated the death of the life or what's happened in the church. I, I, I would say, I, I, I think that it's a wonderful prescription. I think to me, it's almost like a times five factor. I think what, what we're seeing now might've taken another four, five, six, eight, ten 10 years to see what we're seeing now, but it pushed it through in, in a year and a half, but it feels like 10 years. It does. I think it aged us all. Yeah, it did. It, it really did. It set, certainly did me. It's certainly redefining churches and, and what churches will be relevant. I don't think it's hurt the church in a sense. I think the churches that are relevant are going to use this. And it's going to be a good opportunity to do evangelism, do new models, and we'll be able to connect 
connect with more people. It will be different. If you know, I, we discussion our leadership. As I said in the previous episode, some said, "Well, should we get rid of the virtual campus, make people come back?" I said, "Well, Lord, we can't do that." And they pointed out a church is doing it. I said, "Well, that church is doing it, trying to go live before COVID. You can't do that." Mm-hmm. So we're going to have to understand people are going to come and see church differently. We need to figure out how to engage their life where they are and and not compromise. We can do this without compromising. The, I, least, I think, the least productive thought in my mind right now is trying to get back to something. Yeah, Back is the one place you can never go because it simply isn't there. Right. Exactly. So whatever you had before 2020 isn't there now. There's nothing to go back to. Our only play is to move forward. What do you think? What do you, let's go to the middle ground. Uh, not same, not new. What are these things that have hybridized and morphed? I, I've seen a little bit of that myself, things that are quite different than they were. They're not completely foreign, but, you know, some people look at those morphed things and they go, man, that feels compromised. I said, no, that's just that's the new reality of where we are. With the gospels, as you said, the, it, the worship service still looks the same here on Sunday mornings. Bible study still the same. Gospel message, you know, Bible message, vision of the Great Commission. But yet it feels like it's being delivered differently. You know, in different places for those services and different things to do. Well, we're all TV preachers now. Yeah, I mean, Whether you want to be or not. We're all TV preachers now. And for most that. churches, probably one half of the people you reach are not live. They're joining you online. And more and more people are going to adopt a hybrid church experience, meaning two Sundays a month they may be live. The other two, they may be with their kids in Indianapolis playing soccer. Uh, I think this hybrid nature is with us. What we're going to have to do is be really good online and be really Mm -hmm. good live, and it's going to be really, really hard. But that is one of those hybrid realities. The big change for me is is five years ago had this hit. There's no business model for it. But now with reoccurring electronic giving, there really is. Uh, I called somebody in the aftermath of – the pandemic, just to see why they weren't back yet. Uh, it was a young family, and, and I just called and said, hey, just want to know, why aren't you back yet? And they said, uh, we're given online. We're watching every single Sunday. What are you worried about? Mm. <laughs> and, oh, my. And the other thing they said that really struck me, they said, you've made it pretty easy to go to pajama church. <laughs> and emerging from that is going to be pretty difficult. And it kind of gets back, Troy, to this idea of the church making people do something. Uh, Americans aren't very good at being made right. to do things. That's what I said. Not you know, you, you, start, you start getting government trying to make people do things. They don't respond well. You start churches trying to make people do things. They're not going to respond well either. So I think that's part of the hybrid, too is how do we invite people? How do we engage people? But I I think the more dogmatic approach, uh, the only real evangelists I see right now are government. Mm -hmm. Uh, Churches, I think, are going to have to take a little bit more of a relational approach. So I think there's a lot of things in flux. I think there's a lot of things that are hybrid. Another thing I think has shifted is, I would say, in the last five years, uh, traditional Christianity is no longer in the mainstream mm, of sure. American popular culture. In fact, I would say it has become something that is being attacked. You know, take the word evangelical. Nobody has any idea what evangelical means mm. anymore because the new definition, you take it at word, 
that everybody knew, but nobody exactly had defined. And then you take every bad thing about religion and you hardwire it into that word and you politicize it. Right. <laughs> that has kind of become the new norm. That's so traditional really Christians are, are kind of seen as haters. We're, mm-hmm. we're seen as people. And then when people get that image of themselves, they're going to stop doing evangelism. They're going to stop inviting people to church because we're buying a, a social narrative of ourselves rather than a biblical narrative of ourselves. I think that's another change. I think a lot of Christians and traditional Christians either feel like they're on defense and muzzled, or they're so embarrassed by the people who are on offense and unmuzzled, who are just saying such ridiculous things right day. I think part of that hybrid is we don't exactly know where we stand in this culture as Bible-believing Christians. Traditional Christianity is not in the mainstream. Traditional Christians are either muzzled defensively right now or they're embarrassed by their lack of grace right now. And so we're kind of almost like a, we're, we're basically eunuchs right now of our, of our task. I think that is a huge challenge right now. And trying to redefine holding your ground and truth as being a graceful option and, and being respectful of other people at the same time saying that's for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord and I'll respect you, but you need to respect me. I, I, I'm going to share the gospel with you because out of compassion, I want to, because right now, you know, the cultural gospel is being shared with everybody now very hard. Well, it's, it's evangelistic. Every TV yeah. show, everything, every, you, right. you can't get past it. Hollywood has a strong agenda. It's coming through. And, you know, you have to respect the fact that they are putting out what they believe. I don't agree with our Mormon brothers, but the fact is they get two people and they go knock on every door. I've seen our Mormons in the bush of Liberia knocking on doors. We've seen them in in Honduras, in the bush of Liberia, deepest places I've ever been. I've seen two Mormons walking up on a bike. I I don't agree with their message, but I always respected the fact that they went out and played. You have to respect the fact that that the enemy has put forth a, a team that's putting out secular humanism at a level that we've never seen before. And we are going to have to figure out how to strap on our boots and our get our game gear on and get out there and offer Jesus Christ in a way that's compassionate and compelling. If not, we're not going to exist. We're like the Dead Sea right now. You know how we went the first time it was big yeah. and it's shrinking and shrinking and shrinking and the tighter it gets, the more concentrated it gets. So what you get left in the Dead Sea is just more toxic death. So either the church will become so death that nobody wants to be a part of it or people will be mm. so ashamed of it. I, we're going to have to swing our way out of this at some point in time with a, a loving a loving plan. I don't know what that is, but I do think the opportunity is here. I think that's a really good word. Absolutely. And let me ask you this question here. Um, what is the formula? What, what would you say the formula behind? I don't mean to, I'm not trying to simplify Christian church stand up formula, but you're, this is a pastor series. We're going to bring other pastors in. Every pastor has a little bit of ethos. Worship plus two and a tithe is a great ethos for you guys. That whole sync model. What is the, what has been the formula, the methodology um, of Christ church's ethos and what defines your process of intentionality and, and, and keeping that online, even in this post COVID world? Well, I think the first thing for us, and this gets back to some of the things we were talking about in earlier episodes with uh, about No Greater Love Ministries and, and with my dad, but the first thing is we, if you lose your evangelistic nature and your evangelistic impulse, all of a sudden whatever you have no longer has a reproductive system. Without evangelism, you don't make new mm-hmm. Christians. That's really good. And so you're not going to get any more. Most churches are dying, but the concept is people are just flocking away from churches. That's incorrect. They're dying. People are dying, and they're not being replaced by new Christians. So for me, it's keeping that evangelistic piece up there. 
we need to get reacquainted with the concept that we actually share good news. That's right. We're not sharing bad news. Nobody wants to share bad news. People want to share good news. We also need to get unapologetic with our Christian message. See, I can tell people, I honestly believe your best life is lived within the boundaries of the clear and consistent teachings of Scripture. I believe that is an act of love to share that with you, not an act of hate. And so I think we've got to provide our own narrative there. So for me, it begins with stay evangelistic. Mm-hmm. People are naturally evangelistic about what they're excited about. I saw that in your 12 recommendations. I saw that, that I, I saw that in your recommendations and your 12 prescriptions. All of it ended with back, getting back to evangelism. And Fred, I think that's going to be dynamic in the days ahead. It's like the fields here are... The reason we started on the dock is I can't travel overseas. I mean, my call really is to be a church planner. And, and I, I'm able to do that in Thailand and Liberia. I just can't go there right now. I can't get in. So we're having to rely on our teams there, and they're doing great work, and they're compensating. But, you know, to do on the dock gives me a chance to bring people in that can coach people forward and get that out around the globe. The one thing about now is we can get our message anywhere. I've got people listening to what we're doing every Sunday, every Wednesday from Thailand, China, people all over. So you can get the word out there. You just have to have something to give. And I really think there is an opportunity to put information out there that could cause a revival in the church with people that are intentionally serious about it. So I, I, I think there's a, I think as long as we're intentional, there's a process. It's important. Now, as we pull this all together in the final stages of this kind of neat package, what are those t- I mean you've given me some good stuff here I mean great stuff here what are your top two or three uh, really top spiritual needs that we need to be most you think the most highly aware of coming here I mean we share good news get unapologetic I think those could certainly be there but if you boiled it down what are those top two or three spiritual need or issues that we need to be most aware of right now and, and what is your top recommendation on dealing with this from your vast field of experience I think evangelism and messaging evangelism and messaging evangelism we believe people need to develop a personal relationship with god through the life death and resurrection of jesus christ we need to get back in tune with the primary reason jesus came is to save people from sin we need to realize the church is not a political action committee it is not a social service for public policy. The church in its nature is to carry on the ministry of Jesus Christ and to fulfill the Great Commission in our time. So churches need to get back to being the church, and we need to be very focused on what we are to be doing, and that is leading people to faith in Jesus Christ. Back to the Great Commission, back to our our initial charter. Get back to that idea. People need to accept Jesus. They need to accept it. And this second piece is just one of messaging. Churches, a lot of conservative Christians right now are afraid if they say anything, it's going to be wrong. And they're probably right. right. Leadership right now is like walking across a Midwestern cow pasture. You will step in something. Absolutely. And a lot of it explodes. And so what I'm going to suggest is you just wear boots. That's good. And we're just going to need to lean into this because if we don't establish our own narrative, our detractors will establish the narrative for us. You're not kidding. Bible-believing traditional churches need to be very clear about our message. We need to be clear about our marketing. And we need to understand that it is up to us to recover 
a biblical New Testament sense of the gospel as good news. I don't even think our own people believe today the gospel's good news because they're getting hit by this culture in every conceivable way. And we're sitting on our hands. We're not sharing our testimonies. We're just laying back. And I believe that Satan is just running rampant out. And until we stand up and until churches figure out who we are and what we're called to be, I think it's just going to be a blitzkrieg of the demonic. Because for me, you use the word secular. Our, Our culture was secular. It's straight up demonic. It's hedonistic, now, definitely. It's hedonistic. Absolutely. It's demonic. It, there is a progression that's going on. And part of what Christian people are going to have to say is nope. Not in a bad mood about it, but nope. And, and we may end up being, I, I, I spent the whole previous year, before I did the truth, I spent the whole year on Daniel. The Lord put me in Daniel before this happened because I don't want us to be a remnant, but we are a remnant right now. I don't want to be a remnant and just hide. I want to be a remnant who punches out of the paper bag and explodes the gospel into a world that's hungry for it. And so I think in some ways we've kind of, we've been sifted down by, our, frankly, our lack of holding our ground and teaching people and spreading our gospel. But we're here now, and we've got King Nebuchadnezzar here that, that really has his own program here. But Daniel showed us that you can be respectful, anointed by God, stand your ground, and be able to speak to kings that's and be right. able to speak to leaders. And I think if, if you'll hold your ground, you have value, you can be respectful. And I think there'll be opportunities for the standard ground. There may be a time when we have to take the consequences for that. And then we have to trust the Holy Spirit to do what we can't do. But I think we do that with graceful respectfulness and we have a love on our heart. People don't see us as malicious or hateful. At least they can't speak. First Peter 3 15 says, be prepared to give an answer for the hope that's within you, but do this with gentleness and meekness. We want people to see that we're for them and not against them. But at the same time, they got to see that we're on the plan of God. And so I think that's going to be a real challenge. I'm going to wrap up about this, this, this discussion here on part three. And I really appreciate it because I think it's really leading us into what we're going to do in part four. When, when we come back on the next section, we're going to be doing the round table discussion. But Pastor Troy in the 2020 and beyond series, the round table discussion, part four. It's going to be incredible. Amen. Shane, thank you. Uh, uh, Fred, thank you. Beth, thanks for stepping up on the set. First thing, I want to just say this. If you've enjoyed some of Shane's stuff, go check out his blog at rememberbooks.wordpress.com. You can go to that site. He's got links to your sermons are there, Shane. You can go watch all your Christ Church stuff. That's cool. Uh, your book is there as well. Uh, love God, love people, and don't do dumb crap. You've got a, two other books. You've got your dad's book that you put out, um, and, and there's another book you did. What was the book you did before that? Exactly as I remember it. Exactly as you remember it. You squat down with a baseball cap. I like that. I like it. Yeah, that, so check those out. See if you can find those out there. We sure appreciate that. You can go out and, uh, and find those, and you're going to be a lot richer when you learn how to love God, love people, and don't do dumb stuff. We sure need you helping us do the right kind of things out there at On The Dock. We hope you you've enjoyed this we want you to keep finding us at on the doc.org you can email us for questions like where to find his book or how to find his blog site we'll be glad to email you that if you can't find it in our chat rooms go to info at on the doc.org email us and we'll give you that information if you've got any other questions and as always you can find us on youtube you can find our archive go back and find these other series in this series that we've done and uh, we'd love for you to do that find us on spotify itunes google podcast facebook roku rumble and sermon net and 
Reach out to us on social media at Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Telegram. We'd love to have you. And please smash the subscribe button, like, hit notifications, comments, and all those things to make us more popular. We want to get the word out, out there. And if you'd like to, go find us on our Patreon site. Go to my Patreon, download the app, or you can go to onthedoc.org and find our Patreon link and become an On The Doc partner. You can kind of be a sponsor to this. We're setting that up, and you can get involved with that and be a sponsor or even a partner, or we can even drink your coffee on here if you talk to us. We'll tell you how to do that. And finally, last but not least, go to to church. Go to church someplace. But if you're in the Southern Illinois region, you don't have a church home, 10 a.m. Sunday mornings, Community Faith Church would love to have you. Come and find us. If you're shut in traveling, homesick way, or you want to wear your pajamas, you can watch us at coftv.com. And we're available at 10 a.m. on Sunday, 6.30 on Wednesdays. And you can watch us through our virtual campus at coftv.com, through YouTube or Facebook. Just find Community Faith Church on those channels. And one last time, with Shane still in the studio, we'll tell you to go also to Christ Church if you're in the Fairview Heights region. Check that out. They have four campuses, one big, wonderful church, Collinsville, Maryville campus, Scott campus, Millstock campus. Just go to mychurch.com. Check that out. Shane, thank you very much for being in the studio today. Fred, thank you very much. And Beth and Lucas, thank you for your hard work today. That's right. We're looking forward to the next broadcast very soon. Join us and watch us on the dock. <laughs>